Welcome back to season two of the Ivy League Prep Academy podcast, equipping you to successfully pursue the college of your dreams. We believe everyone deserves to reach their full potential and the admissions process shouldn't hold you back. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I am thrilled to have an important voice with us today to share insights around college admissions and healthy college prep. Richard Weisberg is with us today. He is currently a senior lecturer on education at the Harvard Graduate School of Education and at the Kennedy School of Government. And in our discussion today, I'm particularly excited to hear about the Making Caring Common project that he directs, as well as the Turning the Tide initiative which is a national effort to reform college admissions that he has engaged almost, or excuse me, that this program has engaged almost 200 college admissions offices to promote more ethical engagement, to reduce damaging achievement pressure in high school, and to increase equity and access for economically disadvantaged students. Dr. Weisberg, welcome to the podcast. It's wonderful to be here, Steve. I am just honored to have you here because I think your voice is so important. And there are a lot of things that you could be doing with your time and expertise, and yet you devote a lot of yourself to making caring common and to turning the tide. Why is this effort so important to you right now? Well, making caring common is, is important because I think our country's a mess. We're falling apart at the seams. There's a lack of trust and integrity and care, particularly care across difference, care across racial difference, care across political difference, um, and, you know, many other forms of care. And I became very committed maybe 10 years ago um, to putting caring for others, caring for justice front and center in our child raising. And I worried that in our research bears this out, that we have so elevated achievement and happiness as the primary goals of child raising. And demoted or sidelined caring for other people and caring for the common good. And that we will fall apart as a society and as a world if we don't put front and center again, concern for the common good, concern for other people and prepare our children to really value and appreciate not only people that are like them, but people that are different from them. Wow. Yeah, empathy and kind of this emotional intelligence that's required to understand the pain or the, the disadvantage that perhaps other people are coming from, um, you're saying that's not just important for college admissions. That's one of the major reasons that the fabric of the country, that, that society seems to, be, uh, seems to be polarizing and seems to, to have lost that ability to, to care for each other. Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, there are lots of wonderful caring kids in the world, lots of wonderful caring adults in the world. But, you know, we live in a time where people are demonizing each other, where people mm -hmm. are vicious on social media with each other, where there's a lack of integrity, I think, and basic trustworthiness in our political leaders, um, where our political system is paralyzed because our political and community leaders are having such a hard time um, constructively engaging each other. And, uh, you know, you, we're seeing this at sort of multiple levels. And I think it's a reflection of our hyper-individualism that's, you know, been going on for too long. And mm -hmm. it's been a reflection of the degree to which we have elevated success as the primary goal of life and, um, and marginalized, as I said, you know, caring for other people and being a good community member and good, being a great citizen. Mm -hmm. 
That's beautiful. I, I think that uh, your voice is particularly important here as someone who works with the Kennedy School of Government and, and works with those students, but also the, the education school and admissions and these different aspects of Harvard University and the voices that need to come out to encourage these different elements of society that, hey, making caring common is a goal worth pursuing. And so, you know, from our previous conversations that I am a strong advocate of turning the tide. I absolutely love it. I've spoken about it on this podcast before, so my listeners also are aware, and you and I have spoken about it. But many of my listeners are high school guidance counselors or teachers or other youth leaders. Many are parents. What can we be doing better? What can we improve or be doing better to support these ambitious teens today? Well, you know, what if, I mean, just to, to say a few words quickly about turning the tide, I realize I didn't answer your question about turning the tide. Um, you know, turning the tide was started primarily because, um, for, well, really for three reasons. I mean, you know, one of them is that in, in order to put caring for other people, ethical concerns front and center, our adult institutions that send signals to kids have to put those messages front and center. And yes, colleges are one you know, institution across the country, across the world that sends powerful messages to kids about what's important. Right now, the messages are that academic achievement is important, athletic achievement is important, a much more muted message, you know, a less strong message about um, integrity, honesty, caring, trust being uh, vital to, to you yeah. as a person and you, and you as a society. So part of the big effort here was to put ethical engagement and ethical concerns Right in, right in the middle of college admissions to the extent that, that we can. Um, also to reduce achievement pressure, as you said, and very much to increase, um, very much to increase equity too in a process that's wildly inequitable. Um, and, you know, I think as guidance, counsel guidance counselors, as people, you know, one of the things that the pushbacks we got from turning the tide from college admissions folks, uh, sorry, not from college admissions folks, from guidance counselors was, well, the colleges don't really care about ethical character. Hmm. So th they're using this as a promotional opportunity. Interesting. And, and, you know, my response to that is that some do, some don't. Um, but it shouldn't matter. It, it, does, it shouldn't matter what colleges do. The most important thing you can do, and we all can do, is to raise kids with ethical character. Sure. We don't need the signal from colleges. I mean, I hope the signal from colleges will help. Yeah. I hope you can tell parents and kids that colleges do, you know, sign this letter and that so many of them do, in fact, care about character. But the bottom line is that you need to, you know, engage in, in high school students in a process that has real integrity, you know, a process that helps them um, illuminate what values are most important to them, what they care about most, who they stand with and what they stand for. Those are, those are critical aspects of the college admissions process. You know, the, the capacity to help a, a young person, which I think is such an honor, articulate their identity and find their voice. I mean, these are wonderful things that, that you can yeah. do. And, and, you know, the other case that we were making in Turning the Tide is that it's not just, the goal was not just ethical engagement, it was sort of meaningful learning and intellectual engagement, that kids are piling up brag sheets. You know, they think that, there's a community service Olympics. Who can have the most high-profile community service activity? <laughs> right. Who can have 12 extracurricular activities? 
and uh-huh. that you know the message we were trying to send, and I do think this is true, is that by and large, colleges are much more impressed with kids that are authentic and interesting um, than they are with how many extracurricular activities you had or how many AP courses you take. I mean, you got to take AP courses, but you don't need to take twelve of them. <laughs> well said. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. I I couldn't agree more. We've had, I've done one episode, an entire podcast episode about kindness, and about how critical that can be. That that can be kind of one of those things that that tips the scale in your favor. And and you're absolutely right. We don't we don't demonstrate kindness to those around us because that helps us get into university. <laughs> but uh, it's nice to know that, like you said, it, it's good to have multiple kind of uh, drivers in society that all all kind of confirm this idea that being a good person and having character and being true to yourself and then following your authentic academic curiosities, that that is a path to success in life. And even if that doesn't take you, we never know, right? At these highly selective universities, you never know what's going to happen. You submit, you throw your hat in the ring and maybe the chips fall for you. Maybe, Maybe you get selected, maybe you don't. But that's not the point. The point is, if this kind of this process of getting ready to apply to college helps draw out the best of you, and that should include things like character development, like kindness, like empathy, and of course, curiosity. How do you demonstrate your genuine interests and your genuine curiosities? You go and you pursue that, and you and you do it with all you've got, with with gusto and and with vigor, and and that's how you live a good life. That's independent of college and college admissions. That's what success in in life is made of. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you put it. I think you put it beautifully. And I think that um, the good news is that the reality is that you're right. I mean, that mm-hmm. you know, in the in the U.S. right now, is there are parents in affluent communities, middle-class communities. I mean, there tends to be an obsession with trying to shoehorn your kid into one of 25 colleges. Right. And the fact is there are hundreds, if not thousands of really great colleges in this country. Yes. And, um, you know, I'm, I, I teach at Harvard. I feel very lucky to teach at Harvard. I think Harvard's a very good undergraduate institution. There are hundreds, if not thousands of undergraduate institutions that are as good as Harvard in terms of the learning that you're going to get. So mm-hmm. I don't, um, and, and, you know, there's a lot of research that bears this out exactly what you said, you know, that, uh, if kids are engaged and curious, it's a much stronger predictor of their success than, uh, what college they went to. Um, so, uh, I think you're absolutely right. I think the other thing that you're pointing out, which is really important is that we're all multi-motivated, you know, I mean, ideally I want kids to be moral because they want to be moral. I mean, I want kids to be curious because they want to be curious, but we're also responsive to signals in the outside world. And particularly when we're younger, we're responsive to those signals. So, you know, we, we have to acknowledge the signals and we have to acknowledge that I think the way we're built is that, um, you know, as counselors, you want uh, to develop kids' intrinsic interests and motivations, certainly. But it can certainly help if there's signals from the outside world that are reinforcing, you know, what you're trying to do and you're not working against those things all the time. 
Yeah. Well, I, I can say having earned a degree from Harvard, I haven't taught like you have, but you've earned a degree and, and taught there in different departments. You've been there a lot longer than I have. I can say with a lot of conviction that that there is a, a clear objective at Harvard to, to find and to help people go back out, back to their communities and make them a better place. I heard so many times in so many classes from so many different teachers and, and just it is a massive um, point of emphasis throughout the college experience on that campus. And I haven't attended hundreds of campuses. I've only attended a couple, but, but clearly at least this one. And what I understand from having 200 college admissions officers agree with the turning the tide initiative is that Harvard is not alone in its desire as a, as a higher education facility, as an as a organization that tries to educate young people and, and send them back out into the world, Harvard is not alone in this desire to find people who are highly likely to go back and make an impact in their communities, find people who are willing to kind of have the courage to figure out who they really are and to be vulnerable and to be authentic, uh, to be curious, find those people who are courageous in that way and are willing to help others along the way and make an impact in their community and then empower them, right? Come to the campus and let us empower you so you can go back and just expand on that impact that you're already making. Um, That has been my experience here. Yeah, no, I mean, I think when I, you know, when I said that Harvard is, is no better than hundreds of other colleges, it wasn't an insult. Harvard I think Harvard's a wonderful place. I think it's a, yeah. it's, a you know, it's a great institution, but I also think there are lots of great places, and and I think that you know this issue of fit really matters. Um, yeah, you know, one of my kids went to a much smaller college than Harvard with much smaller classes and had more time with professors, and you know, I think it was a much better experience for her. I mean, you know, some people want to be in environments with that are fairly high pressure with a lot of talented people. Other people don't do as well in environments that are so high pressure, where the expectations are so high, where everybody has graduated first in their class. And, you know, it's a particular kind of environment. And so that that's, you know, this is, as you know, that's what good college guidance counselors do, is they help you understand yeah. who you are and what college will be the best one for you. Oh, it's beautiful. So as a father and a Harvard teacher, a a Harvard alum, as someone who is deeply engaged in this work, not only from an admission standpoint, but from a political standpoint, from an education standpoint, um, clearly your voice matters. And so I I know that most of my teenage listeners, uh, of course, I have parents of all shapes and sizes. I I have guidance counselors and teachers who listen into this podcast, but the teenagers who, who get a kick out of hearing about how to be more productive or, or hearing about how to be more curious or more kind. These are mostly ambitious teenagers. And so what advice from, from your perspective, what advice would you have for the teenagers who are listening in now? Let's, let's say an, a 14-year-old who, who saw this episode and said, oh, that's interesting. I'm going to want to listen to that. That's a special 14-year-old. So that kind of ambitious teenager, what, what advice do you have for him or her? Well, you know, I think that one of the things I would I would do in the college application process is, you know, it's I think most people will find it most kids will find it interesting, and the yield is high. Is is really do the research, you know, on colleges, mm-hmm. um, 
And there are lots of resources out there that you can use to find out about different colleges. If you can afford it, visiting colleges or getting tour, virtual tours of colleges can, can really help. And, and I would put aside the, the reputations of college. I mean, you want to talk to people who really know the colleges, but colleges also have these reputations and certain status attached to them. There's a book called Colleges, an organization called Colleges to Change Lives. There are great colleges yes. that, that mm -hmm. are under the radar. You know, they tend not to be in, in getting a lot of buzz. And I would absolutely look at colleges to change lives <laughs> in those colleges and really do the work of figuring out, you know, what the places where you're most likely to thrive and, and encourage your parents to, to help you in that process too. That, um, you know, there's some communities where the forces are so strong propelling kids to go to an Ivy League school or a high status school, school and it's such a badge of status for parents. And those are the forces that we really need to work against. Um, and uh, they're hard forces to work against, but as Some, ambitious- Sometimes 14, the teen needs to be the adult in the room. Yeah, but as an ambitious 14 or 15 year old, um, those are forces that, that you know I think are really important to work against. It, again, it doesn't mean those Ivy League schools aren't great schools, but they may not be the right place for you. Yeah. And, and if certainly, you one, if you don't get into one, it certainly doesn't mean you're not very talented, and it certainly doesn't mean you're not going to thrive in college. So. Exactly. <laughs> you, yeah, I was about to jump the gun and say that, but that is exactly right. This this idea that you know that that acceptance to a certain university represents more than acceptance to that university. Um, there are opportunities for us to be successful. If we prepare well, we can prepare so that college admissions or college preparation actually builds confidence. That college preparation in, in, is the catalyst that allows us to, to really pursue that kind of introspective self-discovery journey that helps us understand what our core values are. And understanding our core values, then we can go and do this research that you're describing and find colleges that have some of those same core values. And if we can find that, my goodness, we have a college that loves you back, not just a college that you love. And, and what, a better, what a better journey that is uh, versus, wait, what are the rankings? What, what is this one? And, and we're not even discussing, which this is another podcast for another time, where those rankings come from and how utterly ridiculous some of them are. Um, well, they are ridiculous, just to reinforce your point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I think, I think you're totally... I think you're totally right. And it's also, you know, there's an addiction to status in, in this culture. And, um, and you know, the process can be one in which you become more addicted in a way because you become so focused on a school that your parents can brag about at a cocktail yeah. party. Or the process can be one in which, you know, much more authentic where you're really working against some of those impulses. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your experience, and your just kind words with our audience. I think it is so important for the three different kind of categories of listeners that we have. It's so important to get that voice out there and your, your experience. So thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Oh, Steve, it's been a pleasure and I'm cheering for it. I think this podcast is wonderful. So thank you for including me. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. 
Music for this episode came from We Are Here by Declare P. I'm Steve Gardner. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share with a friend. Thanks for listening.